0: Welcome to the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. I'm David Lorimer, co-editor of a new book, Spiritual Awakenings, Scientists and Academics Describe Their Experiences. It's published by the Academy for the Advancement of Post-Materialist Sciences and is available in paperback and Kindle editions. In this series of weekly podcasts, we'll be sharing the 57 original essays, together with introductions and epilogue from my co-editor, Professor Marjorie Willicott. We hope you enjoy them. An Experience in Psychometry by Laurel Waterman The experience that transformed my understanding of consciousness happened on July 6, 2019 at Miracles Happen, a past life regression hypnosis workshop with Dr. Brian Weiss at the Omega Center in Rhinebeck, New York. It was almost a year since my husband died unexpectedly at 41 years old, leaving me a 36-year-old widow raising two young children on my own. The grief was psychologically crippling. I found no solace in the idea that individual consciousness could continue after bodily death, because I knew it wasn't true. The brain creates consciousness, so when the brain dies, the person is extinguished. That's what science says. But I let myself read books that entertain the possibility of life after death because they help me to feel better. I found Dr. Weiss's books on past life regression hypnosis and felt inspired to attend a workshop with him. I'd recently started hypnotherapy sessions in Toronto with Dr. Adam Crabtree, a co-author of one of the foundational books in consciousness studies, Irreducible Mind, but I didn't know that at the time. Dr. Crabtree had led me into a few past life regressions in his office, and I saw some vivid scenes in my mind. I wanted to believe these were memories from past lives that prove reincarnation, but how could I know that they were not just my imagination? On the Saturday morning at the workshop, Dr. Weiss instructed us to partner with someone whom we did not know. I paired up with a woman one seat over named Becco. I knew only three things about Becco. She lived in Seattle. She looked ethnically Chinese and spoke with an accent. And she wasn't having any past life regression experiences. After each exercise, she'd sit up and say, I can't believe I fell asleep again. Dr. Weiss asked us to exchange objects with our partners, something we had owned for more than a month. I unclasped my earrings and placed them in her palm. She searched her bare wrists and empty pockets for an object before handing me her phone. I cradled it in my hands. Then Dr. Weiss led us into a relaxation and said, let any information that would be helpful for the owner of the object in your hands to come to your mind. A scene took form. I saw Becco diving into an Olympic-sized swimming pool. I saw Becco boarding a large passenger ship. Then I saw an elderly Chinese man in a wheelchair, a scene of a small, clean apartment formed around him. A sliding balcony door overlooked an ocean, and a young Chinese girl in a red party dress held a red balloon. I interpreted this as a small birthday party for the elderly man. Then I saw Becco crouched beside the man in the wheelchair, holding his wrinkled hand. An overwhelming emotion of gratitude flowed from him to her. The man said something in Mandarin or Cantonese. Then I saw Becco sitting on a balcony overlooking the ocean, cupping a mug of tea. Slowly return to the room, Dr. Weiss instructed. Share with your partner anything that you experienced. Becco didn't have much to share with me. I shrugged, took a deep breath, and said, Well, I saw some pretty specific scenes. I don't know if any of this will make sense to you, but here we go. First, I saw you diving into a large swimming pool. Do you swim? Sometimes, Becco said. Okay, I tried not to feel discouraged. Then I saw you boarding a ship. Becco inhaled sharply. A cruise ship? Yes, a cruise ship, a big one. Oh my god, she said and clasped a hand to her mouth. Go on, go on. Then I saw an elderly Chinese man in a wheelchair. She gasped and clasped her hands to her mouth. My father! Your father is in a wheelchair? She nodded and teared up. I told her the rest of it. The birthday scene, her holding the man's hand, the feeling of gratitude he felt toward her, the balcony overlooking the ocean. And he said something, I continued, but in a language I don't know. Does he speak English? By this point, Becco was sobbing uncontrollably. No, he doesn't know English, Becco ma- managed to say. Overlap. No, he doesn't know English, Becco managed to say. She fanned at her eyes and took a deep breath and said, You are not going to believe this. Two months ago, I had a cruise booked for my family to celebrate my father's 89th birthday. Two weeks before the cruise, my father, who was perfectly healthy, had a massive stroke. He was paralyzed, couldn't speak, and the doctors said he would likely die. I flew home to China, sat by his hospital bed, and held his hand. I said to him, Dad, I want to help you get better, but I need to know that you want to live. He nodded to me with his eyes. I contacted a Reiki master. He came and met my dad once and continued remote healing on him. In one month, against everything the doctors said, my father recovered to the point where he can speak, sit in a wheelchair, and move one arm. And it is my greatest dream that he will be well enough so that I can take him on a cruise for his 90th birthday. Becco believed my visions were confirmation that this would happen. Now, I do not know if Becco's dream and my visions came true or not. I was preoccupied with the significance of this experience. Where did these scenes come to me from? How could I imagine a series of scenes that were so specific to emotionally charged recent events in Becco's life? The cruise ship, the elderly man, the stroke, the gratitude for her helping with his recovery, the wheelchair... This was beyond coincidence. This was validation. I know that I knew nothing about Becco. I know that I had my eyes closed and these scenes came to me from somewhere. And because of their relevance to her and the intensity of her reaction, I know that it couldn't have been just my imagination. I experienced a download from some information source outside of myself, or that was somehow transmitted between us. This experience doesn't prove life after death, and it doesn't prove psychic accuracy, but it convinced me that my consciousness is connected to something beyond myself. Following this experience, I tumbled down the rabbit hole of consciousness studies research. The recent illuminating academic and scientific work in consciousness, combined with my experience in psychometry, inspired me to change the focus of my work in education. After 13 years as a lecturer of narrative nonfiction writing at the University of Toronto, I decided to return to research and pursue a PhD in curriculum and pedagogy at the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education. My research asks, how can we integrate consciousness studies into education? The education system seems so deeply entrenched in the scientific materialist paradigm that the concept of consciousness is not included in curriculum or even part of the academic discourse in education. I think that young people should learn the truth about consciousness as we currently understand it, not some censored version with the most up-to-date, curious, wonderful, inexplicable and hopeful parts cut out. I want to help shift the paradigm for consciousness in the education system. Imagine how that might change our world. Thanks so much for downloading the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. Do join us for the next episode.